Warning, wrestling POV global is not suitable for all ages. Viewer discretion is advised. This is the Canadian crusher, AJ Sanchez, and uh, you are listening to WPOV Wrestling. Wrestle POV, global black and yellow brand. It's your point of view on the global stand. From north to south to east to west, they got you covered like a blanket, but I digress from elite elite to the hot topic. AW Impact New Japan, they got it. Have you laughing so hard? Have your belly aching? Heard any different? I'm sure you're mistaken. Hey folks, welcome back to another edition of WPOV Global. I'm your host, the legend T. James Logan. With me, my two combatants all the way from parts unknown where he's been residing for the last couple of weeks, chasing down the spirit of any wrestler who claims such things. We are talking about ace investigative reporter himself, the lone wolf, Andy Anderson. Andy, you made it Mr. back. Mr. Ace, it is a pleasure to be back. Uh, I'm back, I'm bad. Elio's wearing black and you're mad. I don't know. That's, a, that, that's the usual thing. That seems about the usual thing. I got to ask, in Parts Unknown, is there any rentals? Because I've been looking for a new place. Parts Unknown sounds tremendous. Uh, no, there's not. It's, it's, it's uh, quite a place. I, I don't even really know how to describe it, so I'm, I'm not going to. Yeah, that, that works for me. All right. And <laughs> all my other second, my other co-host, the gentleman, Elio Canella. Elio, you non-gentleman like guy, what have you been up to this week? Oh, we had we had it was crazy here on Sunday night. There was a huge party. We can hear car horns from my house. Wow! After, uh, after Italy uh, won the beat uh, England in the finals, the, the, the car horns were coming from your house. There are oh, car horns. I, I, was, I was at home. I, I'm 15 minutes away from this uh, plaza. And uh-huh. it, was, it was packed. People. Okay, I'm I thought you had a party at your house. It sounded like it could. It might as well have been. <laughs> That's how loud and, it was. And as for Team Italy winning in the Euro Cup, uh, what's that infamous fa- saying of yours, Andy, about the blind squirrel? <laughs> Even a blind squirrel finds a nut now and then. Hey, that, mm. what, the last time they won was in t- 2006. Mute yourself. <laughs> <laughs> You, you do know soccer's fake, right? <laughs> oh, it is even more <laughs> worse than UFC. No, anyways. Oh, speaking of such, holy smoke. So let me tell you about uh, Sunday morning. I get up. I went to bed late. I get up. I have no idea uh, about the UFC match. But in my head, I'm like, oh, didn't Conor McGregor fight? I wonder how that turned out. So I clip on the, the news thing. It says, see what happened with the McGregor fight. I'm like, oh, okay. I have no idea who won or lost. They show this clip and he steps back and his leg does a, a Sid Vicious from the top rope. <laughs> and I was threw up in my bed. I was like, what the hell? That was pretty sick. I, I, yeah, that is something I know. I, of course, being a gentleman, well, not really, I woke up my <laughs> wife and showed her and didn't say what was going to happen. And she just about puked. So, yeah, thanks, Connor. I, I didn't need breakfast in the morning. That was terrible. What, what did you guys think of that? <laughs> Uh, this is another example of uh, MMA copying professional wrestling. Yeah, my favorite thing is after because my wife wouldn't watch any more of it. Like ten minutes later, she comes back. She goes, "So did he win?" <laughs> she knows. She knows UFC's fake too. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh man, Elio, did you you catch the clip him stepping back and no, his I, leg? I, no, I missed. You don't it. know what we're talking about? No, I know what you're talking about. I okay, just I just didn't see the clip. Okay. Oh, it's sick, man. Nobody's. I hate to see that in anybody. Yeah. It makes it makes you realize that your body can just like break down out of nowhere. And it's funny that he's still even on the ground was still cutting a promo afterwards. Yeah. Hey, that guy. That guy's gonna end up in pro wrestling in the end. He has yeah. to. I'm sorry. You, you you can take that and still you know bitch and stuff. Yeah. You definitely. Uh, you definitely can be there. So guys. Um, it's it's did has any of you gone to any movies or anything now that the theaters have opened? Uh, what have I gone to see? I've gone to see Peter Rabbit two. Oh, sucked! I saw it. What did you think? Eh, it was okay. Yeah, the, I mean, um, it's definitely a kid show. Yeah, Peter Rabbit two, Boss Baby two, oh. and uh, F nine. Wow, three of the shittiest movies out there right now. <laughs> oh, F F nine was fun. Uh, it, oh no, it was not. Yes, it was. It was. Oh, absolutely was. There was like five or six times I was laughing out loud. Yeah, I was laughing out loud, but oh. not at the points where people were supposed to laugh. I was laughing at how ridiculously stupid things were happening, like driving up the side of that wooden bridge with a car. Yes. And, oh, oh my uh, lord! I, uh, you know what? If you watch pro wrestling, you can't be saying that that's too much. Come on now. <laughs> I, I, I wrote this on my Facebook thing. I said that it was the, the it was exciting, preposterous, fun stupid mindless but you know what it was an okay night of spending some money and watch eating popcorn i would never watch it again um i i was very confused because i don't really watch these movies right so i was like these guys are spies i didn't understand any of this right and uh the 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 ridiculousness of whether where the two black guys go into space space. in like a 70s (laughs) car was the spoiler alert it was come on the Fiero. That's an '80s car. Come on now. It was such ridiculousness. I couldn't believe it. Well, they were just headed to space. I'm like, there's no way they're doing this, right? Oh, it it just seemed like a bad black exploitation movie from the '70s. That's what I was so thinking. So awesome. You know? it was so awesomely bad. It was awesome. Yeah. And that's I, why. I that's never... why I was, I was laughing. That's why I loved it. I'm like, like, where, where do you go? Like, I was talking with some friends. It's like, what's next? Like, where do you go from here? They're like, time travel. That's the only thing yes. that they can do next. Yeah, they're just gonna yeah. say they have to go back in time now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it it's yeah. I I can only say it's worth one viewing. I don't think it's worth a full admission price. Uh, if I could control it, I would pay up to nine dollars to see it, <laughs> not not twelve. And uh, but I love popcorn, so that you know, let's face it, go. man. I'll see any crappy movie long as I get popcorn and a drink, yeah. right? Yeah, no. Oh, you know what? But, I won't go see it again in theater. But when it's like when it shows up on a movie like on TV, I'll yeah. end up watching it. Really? I, I yeah, don't think oh, yeah. I'll ever watch it again. Yeah. And uh, I know this is unpopular for some people, but the only one of these movies, I've only seen maybe three of the nine. Yeah. The only one I've enjoyed is part three because it had nothing to do with all those idiots. The Tokyo Drift was the only okay, one that I liked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. See, I, I, yeah, I think I saw that one at some point. I didn't really start paying attention to them until uh, Dwayne started doing them. I was involved. disappointed The Rock wasn't in this, but, you know, John yeah. Cena was okay. I, you know what? I think he's a good movie villain. Like mm-hmm. that kind of role, like that's got to kind of be his, if that's like his thing. Yeah. Kind of that stoic stone face. Like he could be like a Bond villain. Yeah. He, he's always going to be the guy who's, you knew he was in the army at one time. Yeah. 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 That sort of deal. But fair enough. Fair enough. I saw the Peter Rabbit too. It's definitely, I would not have to saw that if I didn't have a, a six year old son. Um, yeah. You know, it was for him. You know, the things you do for your kids. Yep. And uh, 
I don't know if I if I love him enough to see Boss Baby 2. <laughs> oh, you know what? Boss Baby 2 was way way better. Oh, really? Oh, it okay. was it, yeah, it's there's a lot more like multi-level Oh, humor. thank God. Oh, there wasn't, was, yeah, there no, wasn't no. There wasn't in Peter Rabbit. Eh? I mean, they thought, you know, they tried, but there was no you know, No, no, Boss funny. Baby 2 like came out I'm like and I I I went with my girls and mm-hmm. uh uh, a friend and and her granddaughter and we were like that was pretty good like it was pretty well done like yeah it's way better than peter rabbit too well you, you know folks recently uh we had uh, a pov quarantine which will be coming up in the next couple of weeks where we had patricia summerland who was the original sunny from the glow series the original glow and uh we actually had such a fun conversation after the show which had very little to do with wrestling yeah. And and it was such a great conversation and it was fun. But, you know, it made me sad, Andy. And the fact is, I just never could. I felt like I was missing out because I never had that experience yeah. and that fervor or whatever that you guys have for Kiss. Yeah, it's yeah. just something that's never it was never part of my life. And uh, I don't know if it ever could be. Maybe. I don't know. But uh, I do know, folks, we're going to do an episode coming up. Uh, talking with Patricia and some other guests, and we're going to delve in a bit about the crossovers between Kiss and wrestling, and and just have some fun with that. Do we, you know, we can even expand that to rock and wrestling with maybe a bit of a focus on Kiss. Hmm. I yeah, and of course, I know where this is going, Andy. You're trying to slip Elvis in there, and I get it. Elvis <laughs> has some wrestling ties. I know you, buddy. I know you. So yeah, I can see that. I can see that. We could probably slip that in there. So you know what? We we I believe this podcast had something to do with uh, guys and tights and uh, oh no no wait sorry it's wrestling. Anyhow, let's get into some pro wrestling this week. Now, folks, we have re uh, renamed, rechristened, if you will. Uh, our, our segment, uh, the Elite Delete, because it seems like we weren't very clear of exactly what, what we were trying to stimulate the conversation for. So um, some mad genius out there, uh, a friend of mine who doesn't like to wear shirts when he does these podcasts, uh, came up with a much better name, I think, and that was Dynamite or Bomb, okay? Good job, Elio. Good job, Wait, I thought I was the boy with his shirt. <laughs> Not touching it. Not touching it. I get enough heat all the time on this show. Not touching it. All right. Um, so the point behind, of course, is always the same when it comes to dynamite or bomb. What we are looking for, if this person is dynamite, what we mean is at that moment that you are watching the current show and you see whatever wrestler we're talking about, the way he's being portrayed at this moment, not what he's done in the past, not his potential of the future. What we're saying is right now, is the company guiding him in a way that's making you excited about this guy? Or is he bombing where they're like, you know what? This guy's got so much potential, but they're giving him shitty script, shitty stories. Maybe what he's doing just isn't enough. And you know he can do better. That's what it means to be bomb, okay? Dynamite means you are on fire, lit. You are ready. They're, they're they're guiding you along. You're John Moxley the first week in AEW, and you're kicking ass, right? Uh, being uh, the bomb could be like Christian's uh, flat fizzle debut. You know what I mean? Or Miro so, for the first year. Oh, see, the first year of Miro. Uh, first year of a lot of people in this company, to be honest. If you're not a, uh, one of the pr- vice presidents, <laughs> you know, you've had a rough year in, uh, if you're a top guy. But this week, we decided to talk about Will Hobbs. Will Hobbs, the current member of the Taz stable. Um, here's a guy 
And, and I'm just going to preference, but I'm not going to say what I think right now or what I, I'm going to go into you guys and talk about it. But I want to point out, this was a character who was brought in and was given uh, a bit of history uh, uh, by, I believe, Excalibur talked a little bit about this guy, talked about how he had trained and came up with his brother and his brother had been killed in a drive-by gang shooting. And they weren't in a gang. They just have to be, his brother happened to be a victim of a drive-by shooting and that it um i don't know it inspired him made him push harder to want to be a professional wrestler in the memory of his brother and of course taking a tragic beautiful touching story aew of course squandered it away ignores it and makes him a villain just like they did uh what's his name uh anthony agogo who had a built-in story so right off the hop Will Hobbs right was having a tough right off the hob, right off the hob. Hobbs was having a having a bit of a problem here. Now, lately, you know, he is a big man. They call him Powerhouse. He's a big, strong, powerful-looking dude. So, I want to start off with. Uh, let's start off with Elio. Elio, is this guy what you're seeing at this moment? Is he elite? Uh, sorry, elite. Is he dynamite or is he bomb? I'm going with bomb. Okay, fair enough. Okay, cool. Andy? Uh, I'm also with uh, Elio's response there. He, he, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a bomb. Like, from day one, uh, there was very little personality or anything going on when he was with Cody. Uh, I think when the turn happened, I think I even called it or something, and it was just mm -hmm. like, it's like, oh, I hope they don't turn him, and they, they did. And even in the past while that I've, you know, in parts unknown, they don't have TNT, so you don't get to watch mm -hmm. uh, Dynamite. I thought they have a PBR uh, there, yeah. <laughs> but uh like even today mm -hmm. i think in our group chat like they they show them at ringside and i'm like what the heck's with the little rascals at ringside yeah like the, way, the way that him and hook were, were dressed it's like what the heck is it? like you've got this big honking you know powerhouse and that's what you've got him looking like like it doesn't do anything to en enhance his look his physique mm -hmm. doesn't make him look intimidating like it was just garbage and it's mm -hmm. i'm sorry like maybe you know maybe elio's right maybe if he breaks away they can repackage him or maybe he needs to disappear for a while but for for what he is right now nope sorry not doing it for me okay okay i'm gonna have to 100 uh, agree with you guys because here's the fact when we look at it right now uh taz's group including taz has what five wrestlers in it and uh hobbs is like what the fourth <laughs> you know <laughs> only hook has little, uh, has even less uh, attention on him. I mean, right now, the whole uh, thing is going on between Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, and maybe Taz, right? So once again, he's in this group, which is not enhancing him. It's an actual fact, putting him in the shadows. You know, um, tonight, he did a, uh, a nefarious thing. You know, he helped uh, Ricky Starks with a, a, the belt to, to, to score a key win for Starks, yet... Once again, even doing this despicable deed, he's still not anywhere in the spotlight at the end of all of this. So it goes to show you that this is a guy who's probably one of the biggest guys in AEW. He is massive. He is powerful. He has a great look. And he is definitely bombing out here because he's in the shadow of a group that won't let him go to the forefront. And he's just not being presented in an interesting way. Um, yeah, we, we know for a fact professional wrestlers are also built on their look you know you can have a guy if he has a great look sometimes you don't even have to be that great of a wrestler sometimes you don't have to talk 
Sometimes you can just get by on a super darn good look, but a bad look will bury you. And if you, and if the fans see you in a bad look, it's like 10 steps backwards, no matter how hard you wrestle or talk after that, you got to do a shit ton of work just to get back to the level you started at when you wore whatever stupid stuff you wore. So unfortunately, yeah, we're all those kind of people. So I'm afraid Hobbs looks like we have a consensus here. We're going to have to say Hobbs is definitely bombing out on our first segment of dynamite or bomb. Well, It'll be interesting to see who we pick next week, but this is the gist of this whole thing, folks. Tell us why you pick which side and, and what makes you feel that way. Why isn't this person cutting it? Or why is this person like got you excited to watch the current uh, show? So let's move over to our hot topics today of the week. Uh, the first hot topic we're going to talk about is the debut. We're only going to talk about, we're not talking about wrestling yet because I don't think he's had a match yet, but slightly and I'm not going to say majorly, but a fair amount of movement. The, the heavens parted, the, the earth shook, and out came Malachi Black, which was, let's face it, I'm going to give them props for this debut. Uh, in the simple sense, they did this little trick where they had the lights flicker and stuff uh, in the early part of the show. And they set up the fact that there is a hurricane going on and there's, there's some power issues. And when this happened uh, with JR and the commentators, they sold it perfectly offhandedly as if this was an embarrassing thing that they just had to admit and go over with it, which made it real. Had they harped on about it and stuff, it would have really been playing their hands. But JR did a good one this time because later on when the lights went out for legit long, for a minute or two, everybody was like, oh, my goodness, what's going on? Like it was a real... Uh, you know, it didn't think like the schlocky uh, ECW where every week they turned off the lights and somebody did something. It was a legitimate like, what is going on? And then when the lights came on and it was the former Alistair Black, that place erupted, man. Uh, people were digging that hard. Now, tonight, people were digging him hard pretty, too. I want to say, um, Andy, yep. for his debut, for that first coming out, that first taste of what... And, and then what he did, he kicked uh, Arn Anderson in the face. He kicked uh, Cody Rhodes in the face and left. What did you think? What are your thoughts on his debut? Was it a success? Was it, uh, was it a fizzle? Were we, are we talking exploding baseball bat in the hands of Kenny Omega? <laughs> uh, what, what do you get out of this, buddy? Uh, I liked it. Uh, and this is something I was, I was able to see. So kind of like you said, like I appreciated the setup of it and, and how they worked it. It was also, and I think this is probably one of the earliest uh, tells of the difference of working in front of no too little crowd to working in front of a capacity crowd. Because like you said, the crowd exploded when the lights came back on and he was there. And, you know, the, the wrestlers feed off that energy. I think uh, as fans watching on TV, we can kind of, you know, you feel that energy, you can sense it as well. So... I think that was, uh, you know, a, a huge, a huge step in the right direction for, for the wrestling business, especially on TV. And I think that uh, Malachi Black was extremely lucky to kind of be the first recipient of uh, kind of having that kind of pop for, mm -hmm. for a debut. I mean, you know, we can, we can talk about Christian in the past or the big show and, and I, and I'm, I'm willing to bet that, you know, if either of those guys had debuted in the past two weeks where there was like full capacity lab crowds, it, it even if it was the exact same debut, 
mm-hmm. would still be better with the crowd than yeah. how it was with little to, to no crowd. So it, it, it was good. I liked it. All right. Who are your thoughts, Elio? Yeah, I liked uh, this debut. I thought it was great the way it was set up. The lights going out, going out. You didn't know what was going on. Then they, the lights come back on. You see Malachi Black in the ring, and that, mm-hmm. and of course, he that kick you delivered to Cody and Arn. Yeah, that was a great debut. Okay, you know, this is the one time in my life when that happened. I really had wished that Elio had been sitting next to Jr. Because nothing would have been better than a. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> would have been. It would have been tremendous. Um, yeah, this does show you. Andy's one hundred percent right, man. This shows you what happens with crowds. What a difference it can make. Uh, you got to think that maybe, maybe Christian and Andrade and these guys were a little bit, uh, a little bit jealous that they didn't get to hit the bonanza and become back on, because unfortunately for those guys to debut cold like that puts them a bit of behind the ball now because uh, we as fans, when we turn on the television and we hear a real crowd roar, I don't care if you don't really knew who Tommy End was. Maybe you didn't watch Alistair Black too much. When this many people so enthusiastically cheering sits to you subconsciously that this guy must be something. He must be more than just some schmo they picked up somewhere. There's obviously something here. I'm going to give this guy a little bit of a chance. Totally get that. Um, poor guys like Andrade, who really are uh, very talented, come out to the fake uh, din of small crowd, you know, being hyped up. We sense it. We feel it. And it almost becomes this great debut is just going through the motions, you know. And, and, and when we sense that, of course, we reject that. So, you know, Andrade, who should have probably himself had such a great uh, pop, instead is kind of having to work behind a little bit now. It's going to be a little bit easier um, for Alistair Black, or sorry, for Malachi Black, because the people gave him a momentum to start with, yeah. and he's going to ride that momentum a little bit. Uh, Andrade didn't, and, and Big Show and uh, Christian, they didn't get that. So now they have to work that much harder because now they're just another player on the television set. We can even so, look back to, to last year, like really, and I mm-hmm. think we talked about this in the past. I think we all agreed, like, even with, with Matt Hardy's arrival, uh, right when the pandemic started, like, mm-hmm. you know, his, his gimmick was uh, such a, a fan-involved gimmick. Yeah. Debut like that, like, okay, well, we can have some fun because we can do a bit of special effects and this and that. But it fell flat. And I like, I mean, the pandemic, I mean, that's like uh, the, 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 the broken Matt Hardy. That was a fatality of the pandemic. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So, uh, it, uh, Elio, do you have anything you want to throw in on this uh, topic? No, um, actually, I did, the other view, see the the little uh, vignette put together. Oh yes, the the preview thing, uh, him in the mental hospital. Yeah, and... I, I just saw that because I didn't catch it to when it was posted, but it was sent mm-hmm. to me, and uh, I I took a look at it. I okay. yeah, I, I like this character a lot better than the one they were repackaging him with the, before he got released. Okay. Andy, do you know what we're talking about? No. Oh, okay. Uh, slightly the day bef- of his debut, and he had it released so that it popped out after his secret debut. Or actually, I don't know. It actually came in before, but it was given no indication that he was going to be in AEW. Okay. Uh, it was basically a little movie he put together where he mm-hmm. was in an insane asylum, and uh, he was kind of all locked up, and I believe the story was that he had 
was it his eye? He'd fallen and hurt himself badly. And he was complaining that the guards had taken him and beaten him. And he had, the guards kept saying, oh, he's just hallucinating. And yep. he hurt himself and his delusional self thinks these things. And it was an interesting contrast of a movie, you know, it was almost making this character seem very realistic in the fact that he really is mentally disturbed and seeing and thinking things that aren't there, but he's an extremely dangerous man. So it was, a, I would say, and if you get a chance to maybe check it out, it's a pretty interesting little, little thing. It's very well done. The whole thing, could it have been like a metaphor for his time in WWE? That's what a lot of people have said too. Yeah. It, 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 it works on many layers. Yes. I've, yeah. I've seen many fans talk about that. Uh, others saying that it was a setup for tonight thing. I mean, I even had somebody was a, uh, who said that, uh, didn't um, Seth Rollins try and take his eye out? Like way back a bit in the WWE? Somebody asked if that was a continuation of the story. Oh, that I, 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 I just sent it to you. Oh, okay. Thanks. Awesome. I'll, okay, think I'll so watch Elio, it after, but thank you. Elio, you follow WWE a lot more than us. Didn't they have a story with him being injured by uh, Seth Rollins? With, with yeah, I think that was, uh, that was, that was I think that's when they started with the whole eye thing, and then uh, yeah. after that he went with after Rey Mysterio. Yeah, yeah. So it, it kind of makes you think is like that's a pretty big dedication if he's carrying that eye thing. <laughs> yeah, no company. <laughs> he knows how to sell a, a thing. So, uh, any fans' response on uh, this thing? On this one, uh, we got one comment. Let me pull the comment up here. From Josh Sanders, he says, Why Cody Rhodes? It's like anytime someone debuts, they have to go for Cody. Yeah, sure. yeah. We're going to get into that a little later on today, too, because we had, uh, we talked about it last week. We bitched very vehemently about Cody once again being all over anything big. He continues that on this week. Um, we'll talk about that, but you're right, Josh. Why? Why has it got to be like that? I got to be like that, Cody. Um, although, you know what? I'm going to say before we get to it, uh, the best line for me of wrestling tonight was Cody Rhodes saying, maybe this is an abuse of my power. <laughs> really? No shit, Cody. <laughs> Everything you've done has been an abuse of your power this last year and a half. <laughs> righty. Um, we're going to talk really quickly about our second hot topic today. And our second hot topic had to do with Tony Khan taking to Twitter and announcing that there would be a giant announcement that would shake the foundations of AEW, that it would be bigger than Andrade and Aleister Black. So obviously we're looking at somebody's coming to the company and it's got our speculations going. It's got our tongues wagging. So it's got to make us think, let's dig into our brains. Who do we think is, okay, first of all, is this the debut of someone? If so, who is he thinking? Or is this something else? Andy, what do you think that this that uh, he's harping about here? Is he Dixie? Is he Dixie carding us and just saying bullshit? Or do you think there's something big coming in the in the future here? A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. In the sense that there there there's I think it's safe to say that there's something. Uh, I mean, today was the first big announcement for like, I, well, I shouldn't say it was the first was because this, I mean, I haven't watched in a while. So was today because they had the kind of like that commercial for, for Rampage. Was that the first time they had that or have they been showing that already? Oh. You know, uh, I, I think it was the first real commercial. They've sent graphics of it. Yeah, and you're right. When I saw that it. commercial too, I was like, is this the 
we already knew it was coming, but okay. Yeah, but they were like, oh yeah, like more action, less distraction and da 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 da. So I don't know if, if, if it's that, but you know, and then you go online and it's like, okay, well, Brian Danielson's been pulled from WWE video games and stuff. So, so maybe it's him, which, which would, you know, continue to freshen things up my issue and, and where i say it's kind of the little bit of a and b it... please stand by <laughs> are you playing the harmonica while you're trying to talk to us, <laughs> i was giving a warning that this has some important information that you should really Ooh. listen to yes this uh, is like an amber alert go ahead yeah it, it's i'm already sick of the big hype announcements from AEW. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is game changing. Oh, it's going to change this. It's going to be, you know, greatest thing since sliced bread. It's going to change professional. No, no, it's not. And, and so to me already, I think it just sets them up for disappointment because mm -hmm. it's like, no matter what, what are you going to have? That's going to be so groundbreaking. So, game changing just because oh somebody else has signed like it's it's not mm -hmm. the same as it was back in the monday night wars where somebody from wwe left for wcw or vice versa mm -hmm. you know we, we, people might try to make it out like that but i'm sorry it's not mm -hmm. and it's okay. okay well because i mean any kind of just about any major name you're going to get now Mm -hmm. in aew is going to be a former wwe guy because that's all there's really been for the past 20 years Right. So it doesn't have, to me, it doesn't have the same effect, the same punch as, oh, well, somebody from WCW or so even from somebody from ECW. Mm -hmm. It just, Although, I, yeah. Encountering that, I would say if Okada was to show up tomorrow as signed to AEW, I think that would be very big news. For the diehards, yeah, but for casual wrestling fans and the general wrestling public, I, I, I guess so. for the very, very general, but I think if you know anything about wrestling, Okada's come up as a name of being the best wrestler the last five years in a row. Maybe you're right, though. There's not anyone else who has a lot of gravitas with the North American. Now, do you think this is going to be the announcement of somebody then? That sounds like that's where you're headed with this. You think Most they're going to likely. announce somebody or, yeah. Any, then do you have any picks? Oh, you know what? I'll, I'll go with Brian Danson just because that's what the internet seems to be leading with. And I don't have a lot of other, you know. Yeah. And uh, fair enough. And the internet rarely lies. Um, of course not. <laughs> and I want to clarify something for the uninitiated here. But back in 1908 at the World Expo was the introduction of sliced bread to the general public. Men and women and children weeped openly in the streets for days. It was a touching moment. So that's when we say we bring up about, you know, sliced bread. It was something important at one time. All right, sorry. Elio, I got distracted there. Uh, what do you think is going on here? Tony Khan full of shit or what's going on? Okay, I was uh, thinking about this uh, earlier. It, it was kind of hard to come up with like a names, but the uh, one that popped out, uh, stood out to me, I was like, what if it's uh, the Iconics? Ah, uh, you sound like Rick Serrano the third. Seriously, <laughs> how is that moving a needle or? Uh, okay, Iconics. What, what's so great about the Iconics? They were entertaining. Okay, okay. I they thought they were entertaining. You know what? Here, I'll come to Elio's defense a little bit, but not necessarily for the Iconics, but just in general. I mean, because you made the mm -hmm. comment of like, are they going to do, you know, uh, are they going to move the needle? Yeah. I don't think anybody will. No? Like, even Brian Danielson, like, even if it was John Cena, like, I, 
I, that's what I mean. You don't think John Cena or Brock Lesnar would move the needle? No. You'd, you'd have like little hits of people being Ooh. interested, just like just like Sting. It just okay. you know you might have like the little hits of like yeah. some interest, but you're okay. not gonna it's not gonna build and then be in sustain. That's that's what I mean. I'm going to agree with you guys that it is probably going to be someone and I think we're going to be highly disappointed or it's just going to be another like, it's going to be a Christian sized thing when you're going to go, yay, but then a minute later you're going to go, oh, okay, you know, uh, I got to admit when I saw the Rampage commercial, I thought, oh, crap, is this his big announcement? Like, that's some Dixie Carter bullshit right there, you know, announcing what we already know. Yeah. Um, you're right. There isn't really a lot of people who can earth chat. I mean, would it take a celebrity? Like, would it be like somebody on the level of Conor McGregor decides to join uh, uh, the wrestling? Maybe that would make it move. Maybe it'd be Maybe. like a big UFC guy who, well, we can't say Conor McGregor. He doesn't have a leg to stand on. Hi oh! <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that just came to me too. Um, I don't even know enough. See, and here's the problem, Andy. I don't even know enough about any UFC fighters. I can't even name any others who could no, make it. But, that, but, but that's but that's even part of the point. Like, you yeah. know, like someone like Conor McGregor, like, you know, you, you, again, you'll get that initial interest, but yeah. you really think that many are going to stick around? Mm, true that, true that. And, and that being said, wasn't it disappointing there was no Dan Lambert or anything after last week's cool uh, thing? I, I, I was very surprised by that. Not even a mention of the dude. And he kept Who's calling Dan the best Lambert? You, last week's show, Dan Lambert uh, from uh, what's the name of that thing? Team Team oh, Pop. Team Filthy. What is it called? Was it Team Filthy from? Uh, no, 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 no. His, his, his real oh, the training. Oh, oh, what was that? oh, he was like the producer of Champions America, or something. America. The most, the most. The, he's produced the most MMA guys yes. or UFC guys or something. Yeah. Okay, okay. And he he came on last week's show. Uh, in the audience was. Uh, What's that girl's name? Oh, Amanda, Amanda, Amanda. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I read about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then he comes out and he 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 channeled channeled the spirit of Jim Cornette and and cut the most scathing anti wrestling promo uh, before being laid out by uh, Lance Archer and then not a word this week. So that was a little bit surprising to me. I, I guess maybe it was a crossover for UFC, but I, he was so good that I I wanted to see more of something. So. I don't know if they were trying to do something. Yeah, Team Top. I, mean, I can't remember what they're called. Whatever. But yeah, but you're right. It's that guy. Uh, so let's get let's uh, let's take a quick commercial break, guys. When we get back, we are going to get into this week's episode of AEW Dynamite Fighter Fest, is what it's called. Uh, we're at this weird part of the summer where just about for the next month, like every freaking one has actually got some weird name attached to it. It's not just Dynamite this week. It's Fighter Fest 1, Fighter Fest 2, Fighter Fest 3, The Return, Fighter Fest 4 is back. Fighter Fest, yeah, you guys are going. All right. Uh, so, Elio, if uh, we have fans who want to write in and get a hold of us, uh, maybe uh, push some stuff, um, what, what would you, uh, what would you say? Uh, people could write to and, and, and get their information out there. So you can write to us on Facebook at Wrestling POV Podcast, Instagram Wrestling POV1, and Twitter at Wrestling POV. Okay, okay. Um, so folks, you know what? We're one of many shows here on the WPOV Network. You're listening to WPOV Global featuring uh, myself, uh, the gentleman, Elio Canal, the Lone Wolf, Andy Anderson, where we talk a lot of independent wrestling, but we have a very key feature on AEW Dynamite and the going-ons in the All Elite Wrestling. Uh, our show uh, is 
you can be listening to us every Thursday night uh, across whatever platforms. And I'll, I'll even bug Elio one more. Elio, what are the platforms again that we got? Oh, wait, no, let me try. I'll see if we can get them right. Oh, okay. Nobody help me today. Today we're doing uh, Apple, uh, iTunes. That's what it's called, right? Apple, iTunes, uh, Podbean. We have uh, Spotify, our iHeartRadio, uh, TuneIn, and I said Podbean, so I think I got them all. Did I get them all? There's Spotify, iTunes, I said Spotify. I said Pod, iTunes. Podbean. I said Podbean. iHeartRadio and TuneIn Radio for free. You weren't even listening. That is sad. You just repeated I think, everything. No, no. I think he just had to repeat them to make sure that because he's so used to repeating when that order that, and yours was a different order. He had to repeat them just to make yeah, sure that. I have them in order. Yeah, well, I think you got the wrong order. I put them in the right order, pal. All Anyhow, right. <laughs> some of the other shows we have, we have WPOV Wrestling, which shows up every Saturday, featuring our fine crew of American co- co-hosts. We're talking Tony Diaz, uh, the $50 man Clay Cummings, and the third wheel himself, Rick Serrano the third, where they discuss everything, including... W, what is it, uh, NXT UK, which we also have a correspondent all the way from um, from London, I believe. Uh, what's his name? Matt, Matt Novak. Novak. No, Matt Novak. Yeah, sorry, Matt. Um, he talks all about all these shows. So WWE is totally covered by those guys every Saturday. Then we have the Aftermath show. Uh, Aftermath usually comes on after, and we're going to be doing this after some of the bigger AEW pay-per-views, uh, where they come on uh, any Form of us who have watched it, we'll come on, we'll talk about what we saw, discuss it, tell you if it was worth watching. And uh, of course, we have uh, our pet project, the WPOV Quarantine, which features the three of us here in a Zoom format where we bring on uh, various guests talking. We've talked everything from wrestling, we've talked musicals, we've talked, uh, we've talked movies in wrestling, we've talked, uh, boy, just about everything you can think of. And we're just going to keep going because it's a great, there's some great stories and great people out there. And sometimes we even repeat the same topic, but hearing it from wholly different guests gives whole new perspectives of things. We've had history episodes where we've had guys like Ron Fuller and Greg Oliver and other people come on, Dan Crawford, and talk about the, the history of, of things that they've seen and were a part of. And it just lets you encapsulate a bit of what wrestling is all about. It's a really fun show. You can find that uh, Wednesdays. Um, now, at this time, Sometimes I try and get a guest uh, to come on and flog T-shirts. And I'm going to admit this. I'm going to admit it. Sometimes I can't get the guest. Sometimes they, they, they laugh in my face. They hang up, whatever. And so then I have to give Andy uh, five Canadian dollars and a $10 American bill. And that's what sways him. And uh, he will pretend to be uh, somebody. So this week, I thought it would be fun if I got him to pretend to be Elio and get him to flog some t-shirts. So, Elio, it is your time to sell some t-shirts. Hey, hang on, because Elio's got a really deep voice, so hang on, let's, let me get myself. <clears throat> okay. In addition to the shows that we have, we also have t-shirts available. Go get yours at prowrestlingtees.com backslash wrestling POV. We have five designs available. Three for Wrestling POV, two for Wrestling POV Global, $19.99 each. Get yours today. We're going to take a quick uh, break. When we get back, we're going to talk about some Fighter Fest, AEW Dynamite. This is the Kingpin Angel, ECW legend, and you're on WPOV Global. Check it out. Hey, folks, we are back. You know what? I was remiss in not talking about the the, uh, pay-per-view points game. And... uh, 
we're we got some guys here like uh not me of course but the other two guys i believe have even won this thing a couple times andy weren't you a two-time winner of uh the pay-per-view three times yeah Yeah. and elio were you not three uh, times three times times. have you ever won the turd award no no uh you came close i don't think you actually won you kind of technically won as a tie but somebody had a lower thing than andy and andy actually escaped being the the turd winner was that Um, for real yeah, that was for real. They actually gave it to the person who had the most losses on the thing. So you just, you, I guess you won by an eyelash or lost by an eyelash because you didn't get that trophy. Wow. But that, what you could have done is if you'd won it and then won the global, you could be like Rick touting yourself, you know, I've won everything. But anyhow, uh, this pay-per-view points game is an interesting thing. Uh, before a uh, pay-per-view, they we break down... Um, each of the matches and we offer points that you can bid upon to try and guess the results of the thing the points are uh they collect and they and they also minus you can max out points points and go into the negatives now i'm not the best at this game but these two gentlemen here uh well vastly different strategies have had good success elio three-time winner is very methodical he'll if he's not 100% sure of a guy, he'll play the spread. He'll he'll guess in the middle. He'll he'll play to his strengths, and when he comes across the weaknesses, he will try and think of a way around it. He plays he plays the thinking game. Okay, uh, Andy is like a sledgehammer on a little nail. He's all in or all out. He maxes everything out, and if if he hits that stride, which he's done two times where they've gone all his way, he wins. And if he slips by a couple, he screws himself by all the point bidding. So it's all up to you how you guys go on it. Now, it's important to note that this game is also going to be starting down the road for the bigger AEW tournaments. Uh, sorry, not tournaments, the AEW shows, because we have a prize that's being offered to the winners of this. As we've started these games, it's a, it's a do you guys know NASCAR at all? or uh, the points racing and I'm aware car of racing. Existence. Okay. Uh, what they do is uh, the way you win the championship in car racing is every, yes, you may win a race, but it's sort of like the pay-per-view points game. Each place you get is amount of points you get. You will say you win number one, you win 20 points. You win number, you come in second, you get 16 points, you know, all the way down, but it's cumulative over the year. So after 10 races, you could potentially, if you won the first 10, you could like have 200 points and you would win the, the thing of the year because you had more points than everything else. So that's how we're measuring this game. The more times you play, the more times you have points aggregated it for you. Um, so what we're going to do, though, is we're setting a time and I'm sure we're going to they're going to announce it more clearly. Uh when you start, when we've started, and just keep playing the games because each time, even if you score in the middle of the points, I mean, you can find in any of these race car uh, series, a guy who came in fourth all the time can end up being the champion because the first and second places may win that, but they also may not finish 10 races or whatever. The consistent way to win this is to keep playing and just do your best, and you can win this. What is the prize? We had a special championship belt made that's right a real wrestling belt i'm not talking about a leather belt with a little buckle on it we're talking a real championship wrestling belt that will be given to the winner at the end of the year here's the catch yes there are all of us what is there six of us on uh, the wpov crew we can win everything we can go in andy can start going on a streak and winning all the stuff the catch is however none of us wpov guys are eligible for that belt 
Only a fan who wins the thing can win it. So if this year one of the six of us manages to win that, it just goes back into the kitty and next year it gets tried for again because we want you, the fans, one of you fans, to have such a unique trophy. Wrestling belts aren't something, well, you know, WWE has these replica belts, but real wrestling belts are few and far between and it's kind of special to have one. So let's go on to today's program. It is Fighter Fest night one. Um, I can't remember the name. I can't. Do you guys even remember why it's called Fighter Fest? Uh, what it's referring no to? No idea. Nope. Yeah, I think it has something to do with special, um, like firefighters or something like that. It has something oh. to do with a community program in uh, the Tampa area. I cannot remember, fans. I'm sure somebody could drop us a line and tell us what Fighter Fest is actually about. But let's start off. We open up with John Moxley defend defending his. Uh, his uh, New Japan title, it's the U, what do they call it? The, U.S. Um, title, isn't it? I, IWGP. IWGP. Yeah, IWGP. So that's the International Wrestling Grand Prix U.S. Championship. Okay? I remember the U.S. part. It's just that I couldn't remember the IWGP for a second. So he's putting this belt up against Machine Gun Carl Anderson. First of all, a few alarm bells here. We have yet to see Carl Anderson in North America fight singly. So that made you think, why is this guy getting a shot? Um, they trumpeted, uh, how, um, this was, what was it? Something like his 500 and some day defense. He's had this belt, which is, I think, ridiculous in the day of COVID when there's barely any wrestling to really (laughs) tout how many days you've held a belt. Yes. He had a 500 some days. I believe he's only had six challenges. (laughs) So (laughs) nobody better be complaining about Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns and and their, uh, yeah, the pandemic put everyone on the Brock Lesnar schedule for, for wrestling. So, um, let's, let's talk here. A few weird things. I found it extremely weird that uh, they introduced John Moxley first. It's always, it's always a pain for me. I I believe the championship should all, the champion, no matter who he is, should have second, uh, come in second. I thought he Uh, changed his look. What's that? I thought he had changed his look. He had shaved his head. Yeah. Well, he just let it grow in for after a week. (laughs) Oh, I guess. eh? Uh, Also, Carl Anderson had an extremely long musical piece. I mean, it went on quite a while while they were still in the ring. So, I don't know if that was a subtle way of trying to say Carl Anderson is somebody who's important. We should be watching. Uh, but I'm going to say, I really enjoyed this match a lot. It was in the style of uh, new Japan uh, brawling matches. Um, Carl Anderson has a tremendous uh, spine buster. I was reminded of that during this match. Um, but all in all, a good solid match with Moxley uh, taking the win and uh, still the IWGP champion. Um Andy, what did you think of this match? I thought it was a fun opener. Uh, I agree about the intros to me. I, that's my old school. The, the the champ should always be the last one to come in the ring. But, uh, no, it was a lot of fun. They got rid of uh, Carl Anderson and uh, Eddie Kingston real quick. Doc so Gallows. Uh, or, who did I say? Luke you said Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> Doc Gallows and Eddie Kingston. Yeah, it was, it was good, to, good to get them out of there. So they just had the one-on-one focus. And yeah, I, I, despite however they tried to kind of put Carl Anderson over, like you said, whether it was subtle or not, uh, I think we all knew who was going to win. Yeah, so it was pretty straightforward, but but a fun match and a good opener. You, you brought up uh, well, something very interesting that has, has happened now two or three weeks in a row is where, um, and I, I don't think it's meant to be that way, but uh, Hispanic wrestlers using uh, 
supposedly devastating uh, foreign objects that are totally shrugged off. Uh, Kingston pulls out a lead pipe, for God's sakes, hit Doc Gallows. Doc looked like he forgot that he was supposed to be hit with it, kind of wrestled a bit more and didn't really sell anything. Last week, we had Conan taking that loaded sock with the, supposed to be loaded with, I don't know, it's supposed to be coins or a cue wall or something. Wax um, Wardlow in the, in the head with it and Wardlow acts like nothing hit him. Uh, I, I don't like that. I mean, if you're going to take the time to put that in the spot, make it seem like it. Uh, why didn't Gallows fall down? He could get back up again. Show us that that pipe he was hit with is legitimate so that someday down the road when somebody uses a pipe, we don't just laugh it off as like, you know, yep. combat fighting. So, so. <laughs> so that I had a problem with. And it just occurred to me, maybe, maybe as we were talking about why it bothered me that Moxley came in first, maybe the thinking is, and, and, and this is just my guess guys is have him come on first and out because you've turned on the TV, the show starts. So He's the more popular awesome. dude. Maybe he's supposed to rip, you know, whip up the crowd. Or if you're, you know, if you're flipping and you see him and you're going to tune in and you're going to hang in, that's possible. Yeah, I think that's very I, plausible. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just wondering because yeah, it, it always does bother me when the champion doesn't come in uh, second. Elio, anything you want to add to this match? This was a great opening match. It was a fun match. I like that New Japan style, especially when they were in the center of the ring, creating punches. Where we see that, yeah, yeah, where we see a lot in NJPW. So, Mm -hmm. this was a great opening match. My last note I wrote on here is why can't Anderson be portrayed like this regularly? Because he's come across, they've sold him as a goof. I don't don't, don't like to see the good brothers, I'm not a fan. Yeah, Yeah. it's because we should be, but they've been portrayed as idiots. Uh, then we go right after that to a com, um, a promo by Lance Archer talking about how he wants his belt back and he is challenging um, Moxley to a Texas uh, death match in the coming weeks. Um, I don't know if it was just me. Did, did it seem weird, the audio on this? Like it, like it wasn't quite, it almost felt like they dubbed in his voice afterwards. I, I, I just couldn't put my finger on why it was distracting me or maybe it was just the way he was talking. I don't know. But it threw me for a second where I had a lot of time not really actually listening to what he was saying, but watching his mouth and listening to words. Um, what did you get out of this promo or anything, um, Elio? Uh, yeah, this one, uh, just, uh, reg- just your, your, your regular answer to promo, uh, nothing really stood off for me. Well, he wasn't screaming, so he can't say it wasn't yeah. his usual promo. So. Uh, no, no, uh, it's, yeah, he wasn't doing this usual screaming, so that was good. But, uh, yeah, nothing really stood out for me here. Okay. Uh, how about you, Andy? Anything you want to throw in on this interview? No, I didn't I didn't notice anything out of the ordinary, like you were saying. And Okay. Pretty- Did you buy it, though? Like, I know it wasn't the usual Lance Archer uh, hyperbole. I mean, he seemed pretty laid back for – he yeah. seemed normal. He seemed yeah. strikingly normal. I, yeah, I don't know. It just, Does it's, that enhance him? Does it make him any more interesting? I think maybe if – they had mentioned a little more, you know, they talk about, oh, like 540 days, 500, whatever it was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, until Lance Archer's talking about it afterwards, I don't think I knew that he was the former champ. So for him to just yeah. say, oh, I'm the former champ, I want to rematch like a year and a half later. Yeah. It's kind of like, mm. so it, 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 you know, it was an all right promo, but it didn't really, it's like, oh, this is a must see. Yeah, yeah. It's not like he woke up and he was like, you know, I just gave, I came out of my stupor and realized, Holy crap, I haven't had this belt for 18 months. Where'd it go? Yeah, yeah. okay. 
<laughs> All right, next, uh, and, and I'm interested in hearing your, your thoughts on this one. Ricky Starks uh, defeats Brian Cage after a blow from Will Hobbs using a, a belt. Uh, this is kind of a, there's a lot of things going on in mind here. I thought Ricky Starks had a neck injury, serious thing, like very serious, and yet he took a lot of moves that were very close to what could damage your back or your neck. Um, I got to tell you guys, Brian Cage matches, I don't, like, I don't, I like Ricky Starks, but Brian Cage, he's just his lack of charisma. You would think with a guy with such a build look and stuff like that could entrance you, but he doesn't. Every time I see him, I find my mind wandering in his matches, and they shouldn't. Um, I found this match pretty boring, and I kind of guessed, it seemed like this was definitely where it was going anyways. It didn't seem like much of a surprise when everyone turned on Brian Cage. Um, now, Andy, I know you had some problems with the psychology behind this match. Did you discuss that? Yeah, it's, again, you now having kind of been out of the loop for the past few weeks, I wasn't sure. I mean, last I saw, uh, there was that little bit of tension, like Brian Cage wanted to do stuff by himself, and it's kind of like he was trying to distance himself from uh, Team Taz. And, and then I was like, okay, well, I tune in, and here's this match with Team Taz. It's like, okay, well, is Brian Cage more the face or – you know, because of the crowd, Ricky Starks was more the face. And it's like, as I'm watching, I, I'm i not really sure what the way that these guys are wrestling. Well, who's the baby face? Who's the heel? Or maybe this is the case of AEW not, you know, oh, we don't have faces, we don't have heels. Well, if that's the case, and I'm not really invested in either of these guys. So, you know, at one point it's like, oh, well, Ricky Starks is out wrestling him. Well, then he starts biting his hand. Well, that's a heelish move. Well, but now Brian Cage is doing this. Well, that's a heelish move. So mm-hmm. it that that's you know maybe just the old school me that I'm not apologizing for. But uh, I didn't really appreciate. Well, I didn't appreciate. I, I didn't care for the psychology, the way the match was kind of laid out, and the way it was it was going. Um, as for the double swerve, nah, you know whatever. It's like you said, we kind of felt like it was going that way at least you know, based off of the last that I saw. So nothing's really changed over the past few weeks that, you know, there was, there was some dissension between Brian Cage and team Taz. And the other thing, and I, you know, I mentioned this earlier, we were talking about Will Hobbs, but with uh, him and hook outside, like, like, I think I said in the group, like who's the little rascal sitting outside, like these guys look, you know, Comical. like, yeah, comma, like not like, Oh, just, just brutal. So, it was okay. I mean, like, I, you know, kind of like you, like I, like I, I enjoy Ricky Starks, mm-hmm. but uh, it'll be interesting to see where they go with this, but uh, it, it overall was kind of flat for me. Okay. And, and here's a weird thing too, right? This whole, well, we don't really believe in good guys, bad guys. Well then how do you expect us to invest in a betrayal uh, storyline? Yeah. If there yeah. are no good guys or bad guys, why do we care who leaves water? Who does what? Yeah. So yeah, I I I, got, I see that. What did you think, uh, Elio? No, I, uh, this one, uh, like Andy said, I was I was lost when I went in uh, because who's the heel and who's the face? Because you have Starks, Starks like re- wrestling the match, and then there's that one spot where he was biting Cage's hand. So it's like, well, was he a heel or a face? And then the, everything at the end. It, yeah, I just didn't uh, like this match. It was just there. Okay, okay. Um, moving on to the next promo. Guys, I, I'm glad you're sitting down. 
because what I'm going to say is going to be kind of shocking here. But when Cody came out and picked up the headphones, first I seen him come out in his little white Colonel Sanders suit, and I was like, oh, crap. (laughs) Then he throws his headset on, and what he started saying, I got to – this was my favorite Cody promo, I think, in a very long time. I actually – enjoyed uh the sincerity sounding behind it i enjoyed the fire behind it um i loved it but then when he decided to grab the house mic and walk over and his first words are this may be a bit of abuse of my power (laughs) i just it it all fell apart for me and then it was no longer something i enjoyed but i gotta tell you that first part if somehow he could have sustained that man i thought that was an on-fire cody promo Uh, he calls out uh alistair black um, I like the atmosphere between the two of them. Yeah. And I did like they really brawled. Yep. You know, sometimes you get these pull apart brawls that are not really a brawl, you know. I like that. However, I asked the question, why does Cody always have security when things come out? When he gets into a pull apart, there's people there, right? Mm-hmm. The young bucks could be taking like a chainsaw to somebody and nobody's coming out to help anybody. You know what I mean? It's 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 a weird thing. Anytime Cody's in any kind of danger, every referee and official's out there. Uh, the elite could be taking, you know, they could be chopping babies up with axes, and there's nobody running out to help those babies. <laughs> it, it's just not happening, you know. So, uh, what did you what did you, do? You think I'm insane here, Andy? Do you, do you think uh, I'm off about this promo, or what did you what did you gather from? I agree. It was definitely one of his better promos, and I, I think what I found. Uh, it actually felt like there was there was some some good emotion, which I which I really liked, and you know it often seems to be lacking on AEW programs for me. Uh, I yeah, I don't know I, I I still think within the realm of professional wrestling, I mean it, it was a bit of changing gears from headset to to microphone, mm-hmm. but uh, it it still worked for me, and and even during the pull apart. Uh, regardless of how um, controversial to you or conspiracy theory esque that might be, that <laughs> Cody's being protected, there was there was still good emotion. A lot of times, there's a pull aparts and guys just almost like yeah. they kind of like, you know, they kind of give up or they get blown up or whatever. But but uh, between Black and, and Cody, like it was still uh, there was some good good heat, good really good intensity that I liked. And I think the other thing I pointed out too. Uh, right away soon you know you said the colonel sanders suit and i was like oh well cody looks very white in contrast <laughs> to somebody that would be black, Alex, Malachi Malachi black. Yeah. So, yeah so but uh no you know what overall this this for me was one of the better cody segments okay that i've seen so so let's see where it goes okay anything you gather out of this elliot O? I had the same it was uh, one of his better promos okay and i, no, I want- and i like the whole pull apart at the end yeah yeah you know what I appreciate about pull aparts, guys, is sometimes they're very cliched too, right? There's always the they break the guy up. Then there's the one guy always escapes and then runs and jumps on top of the thing. And then the other guy gets that back. And then they, I'm glad that didn't happen because that's become cliched. It's like it's yeah. got to happen every mm-hmm. time, you know? Um, here's, you know, I know, okay, we want to talk about conspiracies here. I just want to point out something weird, okay? Here we have um, Cody getting extremely upset. Remember his words were, how could you kick a 60 plus year old man in the face? We don't do that around here. You know, we show, you know, showing yeah. how, and, and it was very convincing and believable. You know, he's very upset because the elder 
uh, Anderson, you know, was taken out like this, you know, and you have uh, Alistair Black telling this, or sorry, I'm going to keep calling that by accident, but you have Malachi Black uh, telling the story about a guy with a prized horse who woke up one day and realized when he looked in the horse's face that it wasn't the champion anymore. So he took it out to a field, you know, gave it some food and then shot it in the head. So that, you know, and, 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 and inferring that this is what Arn Anderson is. Yeah. That when he came out there, that Arn Anderson was just so much of a pathetic shell of what he was that he felt he had to take him out. Now we contrast that with uh, the next promo where you have Tully Blanchard coming in, uh, gets uh, kind of jumped by uh, Santana and Ortiz, who punk him out with a with like a fake uh, metal bar and Intro leave bar. him there. They fake leave him there, call him oh. When you can get away with calling someone a pendejo uh, on television, <laughs> makes me laugh. Uh, but after roughing up the old man, they looked down at him and said, you're just lucky we respect older people and walk away. And I'm just thinking, okay, what kind of riff are they trying to tell us about older people here? I mean, I, I, I'm slightly confused. Uh, hmm. Uh, you get anything out of this? You don't have to get it out of this situation, Andy, but w- did you get anything out of this promo? Obviously, Santana and Ortiz are baby faces because they used a rubber crowbar and they actually caused no harm to Tully Blanchard. Malachi Black, obviously a heel because he kicked Aaron Anderson in the head and put Aaron Anderson out. Plain and simple. All right. Where can we get rubber crowbars, by the way? I love them. <laughs> <laughs> AEW Magic <laughs> Department. Okay. Elio, you got anything to throw on that promo? No, it was just a, it was a fun little promo. Like, I, I like uh, this incarnation of uh, Santana Ortiz uh, supposed mm-hmm. to, as opposed to when they first brought them in. Okay. Yep. Next, we have uh, a sort of interview with Adam Page, uh, which devolves into him being surrounded by the elite. Um, Kenny Omega tries to ambush him, but then out come the Dark Order. Uh, ends up being the logic in these things. It makes you always think that the good guy in wrestling shows has to be the stupidest man in the world. Okay, they agree to the dumbest shit when they don't have to, and they cause themselves more peril than they should. Adam Page is the number one contender. He's worked his way up there. He's recognized as a guy who should be getting the next title shot, and yet he's potentially screwed that over himself by agreeing to a five-on-five match that if he loses and his team loses, none of them get title shots. Once again, the logic of the face is, you know, I I would think if you were a real combatant and you were Adam Page and and Kenny Omega would say that, you'd say, you know what? Screw you, Omega. I'll take your five-on-five, but I ain't agreeing to crap because the championship committee says I'm the number one contender and I'm getting a title shot whether your bitch ass likes it or not. But nope, they always got to fall for that crap and put their title shot in jeopardy. Um, And does anyone here, anyone here think that there is any in the multi-universe threads in all the dimensions possible, the myriad of places and things that anything can happen? Is there any, any universe that the Dark Order actually wins the belts anywhere in these universes versus the Young Bucks? I don't see that happening anywhere. Maybe, maybe just the Dark Universe. They're not just <laughs> in the Dark Universe. Bizarro World, he's like, they am stupid. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't see it. <laughs> CNN, if, if, if they beat uh, the Elite next, next week, is it? Is that when they're doing this yeah. match? 
Yeah. I think it's next week. If they, if they beat, if, uh, if uh, the Elite win, mm-hmm. what, does Paige turn on the Dark Order? Because he cost, they cost. Whoa, whoa, you're going three steps ahead of Tony Khan here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Hold your horses. We got to make an interview. Uh, we got to make a big announcement about that. No, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, that's a scenario we were always wondering what's going to happen. Um, all in all, I'm going to look. Uh, the Young Bucks looking goofy as ever. Man, they sure know how to play the skinny douchebag guys the way they dress and yeah, and look. Uh, what the hell is with Kenny Omega? He, it's like you took uh, Chris Jericho, Ric Flair, Triple H, and Kenny Omega, threw them in a meat grinder, popped out a sausage, and threw a funny suit on it, and that's what you got. He looks like all these weird things put together and Kenny Omega. It it, it, yeah. it blows me away. I, I how did he do that? <laughs> <laughs> um, all in all, I thought this was just a dumb setup for a five man <laughs> match in the end. Uh, what did you read out of this, Andy? Did this work for you? Was this a good enough setup? Because I really think they could have been a better, more way to not make not make Paige look like a total dimwit to get his title shot. It it did feel like a simple pro wrestling one hundred and one kind of thing. Um. Uh, could they have come up with something better? I'm sure they could have. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I appreciate that at least the Dark Order is kind of getting put into the mix with uh, the Elite. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if, well, whatever happens. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's like you've got a guaranteed title shot. Why would you put that in jeopardy? Just yeah. so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Elio, what, what would you get out of this? I gave my answer. Did you? Yeah. Did you? Go, you didn't go first, did you? I did. I, I was the one that said, "What if they uh, end up losing?" Oh, yeah. you, well, oh, well, you, you gave turned. that scenario yeah. of the Adam Page yeah. turn. Yeah. Sorry. And you're that, saying, but, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" To slow down, Elio, you're getting ahead of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. But but I thought you were just going off about Adam Page and being weird. <laughs> no, okay. I was. That's I, that I was, was his trying, answer. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So it just was a weird answer. Got it, got it. I'll put that on my notes. Um, okay, next we go to uh, Jericho doing his thing. Okay, he does look healthier. I'm going to give him that. He doesn't look so bloated. And reasonably. Reasonably, yes. Let's say reasonably, because he also does still kind of look a little sickly. Um, he gives us one of these... Du- I don't know. I don't want to pick apart his um, promo, but... This play, it just seems so overly dumb, weirdly worded about Greek mythology right now. It's just, you know, it's it's like when I hear these kind of promos, it doesn't seem like it's from the heart or it's reacting from the heart. It's literally like, hey, Andy, I'm going to cut a promo on you about Greek mythology. Why don't you go look up some Greek mythology and then you yeah. answer back with your promo. And then next week I'll do the promo thing. I'll be in the Greek mythology. You know, it seems like there's no realism behind it. No heart, yeah. you know, um, but bad props. I don't know. I'm enjoying, I think every AEW episode, we need somebody having a chair thrown off stage at somebody. You know, <laughs> last week, Sammy Guevara whipped that chair right into Sean Spears' face in the middle of his interview. We need, just like Chris Jericho took it in the throat this time. It was pretty funny. Um, but dumb. Funny, but dumb. Uh, not sure if this, this doesn't work for me because we have been dragging out Jericho and MJF forever. And there's never a payoff. Five on five matches don't do nothing, um, and and I it, it, 
correct me if I'm wrong, Elio. So Chris Jericho has to fight five matches in one night before he can get his shot at at. Uh, I don't think it's one. I don't think it's five matches in one night. Because I have five like last night, week when he said that he was saying you have to fight in the same night. So. Did it didn't it? sound like it though. I don't think so. I hope not. I mean, Chris Jericho's yeah. going to have a heart attack after the second one. Yeah. Uh, no, for me, it, it makes it makes more sense. Like, like one, it, opponent number one next week, the next opponent the week after, leading up to whatever the next yeah. pay per view is. Because yeah. next, the next pay per view is Fight for the Fallen on July twenty eighth. Oh, okay. That makes sense. It's just uh, Wait, do we really care? That's like two weeks. Yeah. Do we? Yeah. Do we really care? Yeah. If it's in two weeks, so he's got. Okay. Anyways, so do we really care that Jericho is going to continually fight through each member just to get it? Like, I don't know. It's it, this whole thing is just a weird situation that I. It's just not working for me. Uh, is it working for you, Andy? Uh, well, I mean, again, like I haven't been privy to the past few weeks, but I, like the fact that this is still going on like this, I, I would tend to agree that with you that it's seems to be dragging. And uh, I don't know. They they can move on any time, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but they won't because it's five on five guys, right? Yeah. Mm. All right. Um, the next match, I gotta admit, I was dreading for the last couple of weeks since they announced it that I'd have to sit through and watch it. And once again, um, I'm gonna give it to even Matt Hardy on this. These two guys really wrestle. I mean, there was nothing spectacular here, but. They told a real story of two guys who sincerely disliked each other, knew each other with some degree, and were willing to try and hurt the other nonstop. There was a real anger here. It, it made you feel like these two guys, they're in the ring now, and they're not getting apart till one of them goes down. I still got to say I enjoy that. Usually Matt Hardy has a bad habit the last while of having a few fancy moves and a few goofy things and then mailing in 80% of his match. Um Props to the boy this week. He he really worked his ass off. Christian, what, what was it that crazy ass jump he did? Yeah, off the top grade, turnbuckle to the floor. Off the yeah. turnbuckle onto the floor. That's how you break your ankles, Christian. You should know better than that. <laughs> uh, this was better than expected. Uh, I found it, and, and I, I mean that as a pun in a way, it was rather raw and enjoyable. <laughs> and all I could think about is the biggest losers in all of this has to be private party. Uh, we used to see these guys quite a bit. Then they joined Matt Hardy, and I don't recall the last time they've wrestled at all as a team on television. I'm sure people are going to say, well, they're on Dark. Well, you know, Dark doesn't exist in, in me and Andy and Elio's universe. Yes. Well, maybe Elio, he watches it. But me and Andy, it doesn't exist in our universe. So if you ain't on Dynamite, you ain't shit. So don't tell me you've won 800 matches on Dark. It means nothing, okay? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, pro- poor private party. Uh seems like they gave up everything. They gave up their look and everything so that they could just be flunkies who occasionally come out to help Matt Hardy. Uh, what do you say on this one, Andy? I thought this was one of the best matches of the night, if not the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, like you said it, they, you know, two guys, you could tell they, they, they didn't like each other. They wanted to hurt each other. There was a rivalry here. Uh, there was something to believe in. There was something to invest in. Uh, the only thing I kind of kind of turned my head sideways on was the finish. Just how, you know, Matt kind of had him finished on the outside. You had the up to the nine count, and then he just jumps in, you know, hits the finish, and that was it. I was kind of like, really? That 
uh, yeah, that transition cool. into the unprettier was pretty damn quick. <laughs> yeah, so th- that's the only thing. If if I'm gonna, you know, put a negative on it, was uh, mm-hmm. I just I wasn't crazy about how he went from you know dying up until nine to jumping and hitting the finish, winning the match. Like, yeah, no, I agree with that. You really but, needed a more realistic build up for that. It didn't even have yeah. to be a long one, but at least longer than what we got. Something. But but yeah, Elio, but overall, you, so, overall it, was, it was good stuff. Yeah, I, I kind of figured you'd enjoy that one. How about you, Elio? Were you a fan of this match? Okay, so um, this match, I wasn't looking forward to seeing these two, but this match was better than I thought it was going to be. This was match of the night for me, and uh, the story was there, and I enjoyed everything about this match. And uh, yeah, that crazy that that Christian did. Don't do that. That's how you get injured. Yeah. It's not like you're a young guy. (laughs) Overall, it was a great match. Okay. Uh, Let's move over to the the Miro promo. God, why couldn't they have put him like this? I find him... Okay, just even the editing on this promo package of him just nailing guys. He looked like he was murdering people out there. Um, Then he's calling himself God's champion, which really (laughs) makes me laugh. (laughs) <laughs> then when he called him, then when he said he forgave everybody that he had to destroy to get where he was, was pretty great. Yeah. But nothing of the night beats him calling himself the Redeemer, taking <laughs> Jesus Christ's name and attaching it to himself. Now he's the Redeemer. <laughs> now, did, that was some funny, good, solid did, crap. Did they uh, redesign the title TNT Championship? Was it had a different look to it? I didn't even notice. I didn't notice either. We're going to have to send our second ace reporter, Elio, out to find out if that was the truth. I'm going to have to look back if, it, if they, yeah. if they uh, changed the design or if it was just the lighting. Okay. Cool enough. Cool enough. Andy, what did you think of this promo package, man? I, again, you know, for so long, I compl- you know, we all did. We complained about how yeah. Miro was being presented. And uh, I don't know if they, you know, if they felt, oh, well, we'll, you know, kind of make him look like crap for the first year and then we'll show you like mm-hmm. it i think he could have debuted like this and he would have been awesome you know like right from the get-go if he would have been beating cody or taking the tnt title right off the get-go mm-hmm. uh, i think it would just been just as impactful as him sucking for a year and then all of a sudden turning into a monster but i, I love okay. where they're going with it and I, I i love his presence i love his look um i'm a big fan so i hope he just keeps keeps his momentum going this is definitely a case where I think WWE really missed the mark on this dude. Yes. Yes. Wow. Did they ever miss the boat on him? All right. Next we have up. Uh, now I felt bad for this dude. We have uh Yuta Wheeler making his debut against Sammy Guevara. Um, I found this, like, I, I think he has a, a unique look to him and he had some impressive moves and he was visually different enough that I would remember this guy on a bunch of wrestling things. So that I liked about him. However, they put him in with the hot young, you know, the, the baby face they're pushing to the moon right now. You knew this poor sucker. His first match on Dynamite, you knew he wasn't going to go very far. Uh, Sammy Guevara took it to him and beat him. Uh, anything you want to talk about in this match, Elio? Anything that's stuck in your mind? Mm, no, nothing really stood out to me about this match. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, how about you to Wheeler? Did he stick out anything for you or just you find him generic? What do you feel? I don't know. I gotta see uh, more from this guy because uh, they said he's only uh, been on featured on Dark. Yeah, 
And 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 folk fans, uh, when he, Elio says that means he's kind of not liking it, but he's going to give it a bit of a chance before he says a bad comment because he's nicer than us. All right, Andy. <laughs> Good segue. You yes. know Wheeler to me, and I mentioned this in the in our group chat. To me, he feels like he's somehow related to Peter Avalon. <laughs> really? The the dark hair. This is a similar kind of hair. And with the mm-hmm. facial hair and just the, the look or something, I don't know what it was, but I saw him and I'm like, it's like, you know, brother from a different mother or something. But uh, maybe, maybe maybe Avalon's as creepy or uncle, but I don't know. But uh, there there is something to me that I, I found a connection there. Uh, okay. Like you said, like, you know, again, like I have, I've been kind of out of the loop, but, uh, you know, Sammy's always been a popular, whether kind of like inner circle or faces or heels, he's always been kind of the popular mm-hmm. guy. Uh, he was also, I don't know if it was hometown, but it was definitely home state for him. Right. Yeah. He's Texan. Yeah. So that doesn't help your cause either when it's your first match on, on dynamite, yeah. unless, unless you're a heel that they were going to push and that'd be a good way to, you know, kind of get some heat on you by having, you know, by beating the hometown guy in front of the mm-hmm. crowd but uh that you know was, that we knew that wasn't happening and uh it, it was an all right match he didn't do too bad and uh it, it i don't know for me it was like it was like a fun feel good match okay um also i forgot to mention not only did you know you were in a lot of trouble being wheeler when you're coming out against sammy Guevara in texas who's the super hot guy this is your first match but then they say to you hey chuck taylor and uh, orange cassidy are gonna go out with you oh shit <laughs> Chuck Taylor, oh shit. Okay. <laughs> sure, Yuta Wheeler wasn't so happy about his debut in anyways. <laughs> all right, uh, next. Boy, you know, and I wasn't sure what to expect at all out of this match. We have Yuka Suzaki defeating Penelope Ford. Um, now, I have been extremely uh, critical of Penelope Ford for quite a while because I find her very sloppy, like very noticeably sloppy. I'm not like being, you know, sometimes Tony Diaz, he can be with his wrestler mind kicks in and he'll pick apart every sloppy move. Right. I can do that at times, but I try not to. Uh, and I, But Penelope would do stuff that was like so egregious that you just like, you couldn't pretend not to see it. Uh, even yeah. if you weren't, if you were even just the casual of wrestling fans, you would go, what the fuck is that chick doing? That's terrible looking. You know what I mean? Uh, tonight she, uh, yeah. And she has been getting a lot better. Uh, Sakazaki, I like this girl. Um, she's so small. Uh, she has this great bubbly personality that really pops up. And she has a lot of unique offense, uh, predicated a lot of uh, using the ropes. I don't know if you guys noticed this. She yeah. jumped off the ropes a lot, but she was never jumping from uh, the corners. She was using uh, the middle rope and building momentum and doing things that are, are pretty tricky. You know, you want to slip on that. And uh, you probably know that. And you'd be fed. Yep face first if she you don't time that push off right so props to her um did not think ford had much of a chance but i really enjoyed this match once again we had the uh, commentators telling us that penelope ford has gone 16 and one on dark that doesn't make a difference dark means shit um (laughs) uh but all in all as a women's match for the night yeah i guess um what do you what did you guys think uh i i didn't mind it i mean i i don't recall seeing uh yuka before um he was just up for that tournament remember when they did that little right. tournament she yeah. was uh yeah. she was also on the early uh episodes oh. of AEW. yeah okay. before, so, before uh, andy came on 
Yeah, I remember her. Yeah, the, so four way match that they had. So to me, what what maybe what was good about this is because I wasn't really sure about her. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, for me, a lot of it I watched you when know, I see someone. It, we said, oh yeah, well, you know, the the win was never in doubt. Kind of like we knew who was going to yeah. go over. I didn't because yeah. I, mean, I knew Penelope before, but I'm like, okay, well, but the Japanese girl. Uh, I I thought it was an all right match. Like like you said, it. Um, you know, for the the women's match of the night, not bad. I mean, we've seen in the past, we've seen ones that are some real groaners and head shakers. We're looking uh, your way, big swole. <laughs> and and you know, not to say that this was like a a, a mat classic, but. But I thought both women had a had a good show, and it was okay. decent match. All right. Anything for you, Elio? It, it wasn't a great match, but it was it was just a good match. It was a fun match, uh, better than uh, most women's matches that we've seen on AEW. Okay. Now I just noticed on my notes I skipped over to really quick. We had the Britt Baker promo, mm-hmm. um, where she is the oddest good guy in the world because she comes off saying lots of heel stuff, but then she switches gears and says stuff that makes you very sympathetic towards her. And then she always ends up being very bitchy. Um, <laughs> I love how, she, how she very effectively with her words really put down Nyla Rose. I, I thought that was really well done. Um, however, it's not so effective when Brit's the bad guy and Nyla Rose is the bad guy and bad girl Brit eviscerates her opponent with her words, but we don't feel the sympathy because we all feel the same. You're, we're all like, yeah, you know, she has no relevance. So I don't like how that's played. I think if they're going to keep going at this route with Britt Baker, make her the smart ass good guy, but make it clear that she's the good guy. So we know yeah. where to put our sympathies because it's a little hard right now. Uh, anything you guys want on that one? Oh, and don't forget the stupid ass. They, they cut to Nyla and Vicky in the back. Vicky, just terrible. That I thought that was not really well. Her response. Uh, she yeah. came across as she really didn't know what she was doing. Nyla, a little better. At least Nyla got in a crash phrase and she got in a little bit of menace. But boy, I think Vicky needs to, to practice a little more before you're going to throw her over to promos like that. Uh, what do you guys get out of this? I got nothing to add. <laughs> yeah. I got nothing. Pretty small. Yeah. Uh, we also, I also skipped over Moxley uh, doing his yeah. quick promo. Liked it. Back to the days when Moxley not doing his ranting and raving and, and discoherent bullshit instead he was pretty concise and tight you knew he was mad you knew what he was going to do and he told us what he was going to do so yeah uh, i I thought that was good um let's move over now to uh, (laughs) to the main event uh our coffin match or sorry coffin match yes let's let's be very clear on this this was not a casket match this was the first ever coffin match um well, for AEW, really I think at least, anyways, wasn't it? Well, no, yeah, no, no. It's what I'm getting at is um, later on in the show, uh, Jr. was very quick to point how this was the first ever coffin match, but he was very fr- phrasing coffin so yeah. that you're right, it is the very first casket match in AEW, but by changing the words, they can claim it's the first ever, oh. not in AEW. So that'd be like them saying, you know, oh, this is the first ever, instead of a coal miners glove match, it's the first ever prospectors, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, by yeah. turning the one word, it's really not that different. The prospectors mid match. Yeah, the prospectors mid match. The first ever done in Canada. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so they have this match. Uh, these guys carry out this cheap ass looking 
uh, casket, coffin, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, match starts. Uh, they start going at it at first. I had to laugh so hard because Darby is wearing um, like some kind of armor for his back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that he can give like so my you guys know what my first thought was, right? Oh my god, he's a turtle. He really a turtle, is a turtle. Teenager, <laughs> he likes turtles. I, I was thinking of him in the basement. I like turtles. And he likes turtles. I I just couldn't get over that. Um what's his name? Uh Scorpio Sky comes out, does a little interfering. Sting comes out and settles the score. Um I, I guess a plunder match that I'm not sure how I feel about this. I'm going to actually not even describe it much because I want to know how you guys felt because I got to tell you, I felt at odds with this match at times. I'm not sure if I liked it or not. There was a lot of what I couldn't comprehend what I was actually seeing. Uh, and then any goodwill that I had for it when, when Darby did that backwards fall onto that cheap-ass balsa wood thing and you could see um, Ethan Page kind of turtling himself, being trying to prepare himself for the thing, the whole thing just came off as like backyard wrestling for me and really dropped it down a notch. Uh, I'm not going to talk much more about it. Andy, tell me what you got out of this match. I'm very, I'm very interested in what you saw in your perspective as a wrestler. All right. I... It seems like this has kind of been my theme all night, kind of similar to you. For the most part, I actually didn't mind it. Uh, I think your you know your description as a plunder match was good. Um, you know, doing this stuff on the outside and and whatnot was it was good. Obviously, having the crowd there again, you know, the, the people are starved for action, so the, the crowd was into it. So I, I, I give them give them that. Uh, during our group chat, I think. We were talking, and I forget if it was Rick or Tony or somebody said something about, "Are we still waiting for like a big surprise tonight?" And I said, "Well, here's my, you know, here's a surprise. You know, if I don't find the, this match, uh, the uh, finish of this match to be stupid." Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, to a degree, I was right mm-hmm. in the sense that, uh, you know, like I said, if I if I bought into ninety percent of the match and I have five percent of the match for for what they were doing, I'm like, okay, this is that's fine. We had um, right near the end, Ethan Page delivers was like the Splash Mountain power bomb off the second rope mm-hmm. uh, onto the stairs, the, the metal stairs, which, you know, we've seen match finishes with like DDTs and power bombs mm-hmm. and stuff under there, just like regular ones. And that's a match finish. And he takes this and like not even a minute later, he's finishing off Ethan Page and dumping him into the the casket. Mm-hmm. And we talk about believability. We talk about, you know, investing and, and, and if guys would sell so that we could, you know, feel their pain. I, I lost it because it's like, like, Oh, like, you know, this, this should be like a good near fall where he, to me, this should almost be like after that, he should have been rolling him into the, the coffin and maybe mm-hmm. like he's about to close the door and, and Darby reaches out the arm or something and, and struggles that way and makes his way out. But instead it's like 30 seconds later where he's doing some flippy stuff and, <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, he's jumping on him with the skateboard and he's in the pages in the coffin. And it's like, Oh, like kind of, I don't know if like anticlimactic is is right. It just that that you they just need lost the climax me. first before you could get anti. Yeah, it's fair. So they just they kind <laughs> they kind of lost me there because it was like it, it didn't you know such a big move didn't even do anything didn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like oh I got okay. I got I got run over by a skateboard I'm dead. 
Yeah, yeah. This that skateboard thing is pretty annoying. It just seems like he has to jump up and hit you with a skateboard by his feet, and you're you've yeah, been shot. But yet, but yet getting you know power bombed off the second rope onto metal stairs. So okay, Superman. Yes. All right, all right. How about you, Elio? What did you get out of this? Yeah, for me, um, it, this was wasn't a bad match, but it wasn't like a blow away match. It was, it was, it was mm-hmm. good. And uh, that uh, ridiculous uh, coffin drop that they, that Darby did through the mm-hmm. cast through the casket. Yeah, and the lining and padding in the casket that looked so plain inside. Yeah, I mean, it, it really it, took the theme out of what you were supposed to be seeing. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. No, it was just okay. Uh, okay. It was some blow away match. It was good. All right. Now, there's two really quick things I'm going to say to wrap this up. Um, first of all, I get that Darby Allen is small and he's the plucky up and comer. Okay. Um, what I have a problem with is uh, say Ethan Page himself. Ethan Page is not that big of a wrestler, is he? I mean, he's not physically, no. he, I mean, he's, he's an average size guy. You know, he's not small, but he's by no means big, right? So I don't really find it. I don't know. I don't think you should have Darby Allen just be being stopped constantly by someone who isn't bigger. You know, when an average size guy can just stand his ground and knock Darby over or catch him in midair because it just it makes Darby too weak and ineffective. You know what I mean? I get it if if Ethan Page is 50 pounds heavier bam, he's going to take down that little dude, right? But an average-sized guy who's just going to pluck him out of the air takes away the idea that uh, Darby's aerial attacks mean anything. When an average-sized guy can just shrug him off, push him off, catch him, why bother, Darby? Why bother to do that stuff if people can do that? That's what that tells me, and and, and that bothers me. Um, one of the things, too, was... You guys were all very, I, I, I couldn't get onto the gra- group chat with you guys because I was, I ended up being about like watching it at least 40 minutes behind you guys. And so I'm PVRing it and I've seen your comments and I can't really, I try not to look too much because I don't want to be too racked up in what you guys are saying to, to influence what's coming up. I mean, I don't care about spoilers, but you know, I don't want to be like, oh, Andy shaded my way to this or tony yeah, shaded yeah, my yeah. way to think of that i just wanted to go in and try and be honest about it and uh one of the first things you guys said is you were blown away that darby allen and ethan page were the main event and it seemed odd and that maybe there were bigger names but i want to point out to you guys that during the pandemic era here especially within the last three months that the three highest rated segments showing up on AEW Dynamite had been the Darby Allen stuff when he was champion defending his belt. Um, and I'm not just saying, oh, he won by a point one. He was clearly dominating each time his segments would come on. There were more f- fans watching him than anything else. So it tells, uh, it tells TNT and it tells AEW that there is, and maybe he's not our flavor of tea. Maybe yeah, I don't yeah. see it. Maybe Andy doesn't see it or Elio doesn't see it. But there are a shit ton of fans who see Darby Allen as what they want to see wrestle. Yeah. And so if you want to draw ratings and you're having this kind of match, unless you're putting the world champion in there, I think the smart move is you slide Darby Allen in there because he's got the fans who are going to keep the numbers to the end of the match. 
So uh, all in all, though, um, I'm glad there was no bunch of ridiculousness at the end. I'm glad it just ended. Um, but let's talk about this week's it was, rating. It was minor ridiculous, not major ridiculousness. Yeah, yeah. It just, I guess what I'm trying to say, no, no giant elite uh, inner circle yeah, or yeah. that kind of multiple run-ins and all kind of all. Yeah. 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 So if we have to dig into our bag right now and pull out our report card ratings, Andy, what are you rating this week's AEW fighter fest? Dynamite. Dynamite. Um, I'm kind of waffling between a B and a B minus. Okay. So trying to figure out like an actual, you know, to give a, a full, full answer. Um, again, I've been kind of out of the loop. Yeah. But it, it definitely, and I think like I said this too before we came on to record. Uh, it, it definitely wasn't a bad show, and it, it went by pretty quick, which is usually mm-hmm. a good sign. So, uh, I'll go B minus. righty. Um, no, I'll sorry, leave. I'll go B. I'm gonna go B. I'll, I'll go B. Okay. Just a straight B. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going B as well. Okay. And I'm going to say uh, I'm going B almost was going to go maybe B plus just about but B for sure. Felt it was a solid show. Um, I liked how the excitement paces and matches weren't the usual people as it's been in the last couple of weeks. And sometimes you rely yeah. on certain guys. Uh, this was a nice fresh up change and uh, I enjoyed it. So yeah, we'll give it a consensus B all around for this week's show. Um, now guys, do you, do you think we have enough time to take a quick peek in that book right now? We haven't looked at our, our, uh, our book of shame in a while. Yeah, First of all, is there anyone we should throw in the book, book of shame this week? Uh, have you guys got anything that egregious no, enough for this week's episode? Not for me. No. Yeah. I don't kind of no, see it either. To be honest. Okay. So open up that book and tell us what's in there, Elio. And I'm going to see if there's any mercy. Well, you see the train sound is is telling you that is I'm going to try and be merciful. Slowly, the great book opens. Okay. Maybe I'll take someone out of this book. Maybe. So let's see but what we have here. I'm still a dude, though. So. Okay. First, we have Tony Khan. Why did we put Tony Khan in? Uh. I think it was when he uh, decided to become that on air. Oh, when he was doing the impact stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they still uh, doing that? Or is that no, done? Been in a while. Now he's just doing dumb announcements. No, but I think it, it was uh, when he came out uh, on uh, that one episode of Dynamite and he made that announcement or something that said, uh, yes. said, said Kenny will defend his title against Matt Seidel. Okay. Um, I'm going to say, since I, we even had to think about it so much, um, let's take it out. But if he turns out to have a shitty announcement that he's been hyping lately, he's going to find his ass back in there. What do you think, Andy? I disagree. I say we keep him in there until after the announcement. Okay. Earn yeah. your way out. That's Earn your true. way out. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, yes. I was almost thinking that, but I was trying to be a bit more merciful. Nope. But okay. No, Earn, no. Earn your way out. I'm going to go with okay. that. Yeah. All right. Wait next. Till after okay. Next is Pox's leg kick. Oh, we haven't barely even seen him wrestle. He's just as guilty as most wrestlers. I know I was on that kick for a while where I was mad at leg slaps. I'm willing to let that one slide if Andy is. Sure. For now, again, I've been out of the loop. So, I mean, if we, if, you know, we see a resurgence. We can always hmm, put it back. Then maybe we bring okay. it back. Yep. Okay. Pox leg kick. You are out of the book. 
All right, next we have Nella Rose's announcement. Yeah, she's right, though. Britt Baker's right. There's no relevance. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> keep her in keep her in it's the only relevance she's ever going to get from us so all right next. Then we, uh, rick knox oh that ref? motherfucker stays in he is the shittiest ref referee yeah. okay. ever that guy knows dick yeah he, he stays this next one rick's delusion yeah. towards edge he carries that a long time ah uh, I'm going to say keep it in. I don't know. Do, should, what do you think, Andy? Should we be merciful? Let Rick no, out of the book? Okay. Let Rick know he's still in the book and we forgot that. Hey, then we have AEW guys comparing anyone to Eddie Guerrero. Yes. And it's, yeah, you know what? Nice. It's not just AEW guys. How come every time? Like, I'm sorry. Any kind of Spanish wrestler, even in an indie show, will do the shoulder thing or the. Yeah. It's too much. It's. It, is it really, Andy? Is that really um, showing respect, or is that just milking off someone's name? To me, it, it it's become so common. Maybe just because there's so much wrestling around in general that people might have good intentions, but I think a lot of times it just comes off as cheap. And yeah. I, to me, it's like nope. Keep it. Keep it in there. Okay. Okay, next is Bear Country's Lawrence masks. Yeah, that was garbage. We haven't seen yeah. them since, but until we see them again, they're in there. Okay, then we have Luchasaurus. Oh, fuck, that <laughs> motherfucker's face. I'm going to add for even asking we, for him. We right. have Luchasaurus. No, that's <laughs> it. We have Luchasaurus. <laughs> okay, then we have uh, next one is AEW's Poor Production. You know what? I think that one can can go because I, I think that's yeah, a lot of that really with cool. promos and stuff. And I, I think even before like I disappeared, like it seemed to me like it was going away. And, and like tonight, yeah. there was nothing. So I'm willing to I'm willing to let it go. Okay. Okay. I am too. AEW's full prediction. You're out of the boat. The last one is best friends. You are the worst friends. Oh, they are the worst friends. <laughs> You, you get saddled, those motherfuckers, you're going nowhere. I, I say they stay Look at poor Chris Statlander. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. can't even make appearance anywhere this week. Uh, Frank, Frank had to injure himself and get surgery just to get away from them. And uh, so, <laughs> so that's the book for this week. All right. Well, fans, you know, this has been a fun little weekend. We've had uh, some good times. We watched uh, – this is week four in a row that I've enjoyed uh, – I've enjoyed Dynamite and haven't wanted to throw my electronic devices through my windows or through the TV. So that's a good sign. Um, four weeks and I haven't heard Andy threaten to quit if this was going to be another horrible show in a row. So that's a good sign. So uh, I, all I got to say is, you know what? Uh, let's, let's hope this role keeps going on because uh, every time there's good wrestling, it's good for everyone. And hey, uh, I want to thank, uh, thank you, Andy. It's good to see you back here. Elio, uh, we'll get a haircut and then get a better shirt. And get uh, we'll a haircut. What are you talking about? <laughs> I hope you didn't okay. pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get to keep the bowl? No, anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the two bald guys just picking on the guy with the hair. <laughs> yeah, you guys are so upset to you that hair. Hey, if you shaved your head, we'd be nicer to you. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> 
Guys, uh, we look forward to seeing you next time, probably WPOV Quarantine. You guys, everyone have a great weekend. Check out the other shows uh, and get ready for the pay-per-view points games that are coming up. Love to see what fan is going to walk away with that belt because I have a lot of faith in you guys. Plus, I'm really shitty at playing that game and I'm no contention to win anything. So uh, I can't say the same for Andy and Elio. Those, you know, you've got the, the velvet glove and the sledgehammer. So we'll see which uh, which one will win in the end. Anyways, uh, Elio, say goodnight to the good people for us, buddy. All right. In the meantime and in between time, that's it. Another episode of Wrestling POV Global. Bye-bye for now.